Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Dream Queen's Medical Centre at Nottingham. In this episode, we'll be discussing taking a respiratory history. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any and all guidelines are mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Hello, welcome back to Take Orally. And uh, once again, joined by uh, Lucy Harris. Hello. Yeah, who uh, took us through taking a history in the last podcast. Um, this one we're going to be a little bit more narrow. We're talking about the patient who's come in with a respiratory problem. Um, I think we talked about in the last podcast, it's very common. We're in a mining area, or ex-mining area around here. Absolutely. Smoking is still a, an issue. Yep. Uh, winter is coming, so full of viral infections, flu, pneumonias, COPD and asthma, etc., etc. Winter is coming. Winter is coming, as the House of Stark warned us. <laughs> um, so once again, history... So important, as, as we emphasised in the last podcast, this, this is going to be key for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's where you mentally start to prioritise your differentials before you can really lay a hand on a patient, to be honest with you, don't you? You start to think about all the different things that this mm. patient could be presenting with, and that's uh, irrelevant of what area you're working within, yeah. um, whether that be community, secondary care, ED, all the way up to ITU, mm-hmm. um, all of the different places, and prisons, for example, um, as well. So all of those places, um, you start to build upon differentials um, as you're taking your, your clinical history. Brilliant. Uh, so once again, our patient is, is coming in, they're, they're, they're with some form of of, uh, respiratory problem, we're still going to be using our same format, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. So sticking to the uh, the well-known and very good, <laughs> never going to be changed, um, format, um, a systematic way of taking a history from a patient, um, starting with the presenting complaint mm-hmm. um, in the patient's own words um, and putting a time frame of when that particular symptom started for them is imperative. Um, before then moving on to allow the patient to tell you about the history of what's behind that compl- uh, presenting complaint. Um, and it is important, like we said before, to give them that time to have an open dialogue with you. Um, because uh, even when you think they're sometimes going on a tangent, they come full circle and there is the money moment that they tell you the information you absolutely need. Mm. Um, so uh, try and avoid the temptation of cutting them off too early um, is, is important mm. there. Um, and then obviously moving on to things like your previous medical history, medications and allergies, um, the social history, mm. um, which you've already mentioned, that we live within the uh, East Midlands um, and we see um, a demographic of patients of potentially sort of working class um, who have um, potentially, we're mining an ex-mining area, um, we have a higher incidence of smoking uh, within the East Midlands as well, so bearing that in mind with our patient demographic of patients we will be seeing. Um, so uh, family history um, and then obviously finally social history, the uh, <laughs> the minefield that it can be, absolutely. Um, and in terms of taking respiratory complaints is sort of moving from not just taking the exploring the presenting complaints in detail but then moving on to think about cardinal symptoms mm-hmm. for um for uh, your respiratory um history mm-hmm. and to direct to direct that and that's sort of moving a little bit further on from novice moving towards an expert type history taking yeah uh, and we're still not going to move far away from Socrates, are we? No, no, absolutely. So originally, obviously, it was built for a, um, a, a pain 
um, assessment, so to be able to take a full history on somebody who was in pain. But I think we can um, modify it um, uh, to, to see whatever symptom the patient attends with, really. Um, uh, so, for instance, in sort of sight, you can, you can put your symptom in there, can't you? So your symptom of, for instance, breathlessness. Um, and then thinking about when the onset was, um, uh, the character course of um, of the breathlessness. So, is it is it all the time? Is it when they are walking around? Is it worse when they're walking up an incline? Um, so, thinking about those, those type of things, um, uh, the uh, relieving factors. Um, so, radiation would typically be the R, but thinking about relieving factors within that 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 um, particular part of the uh, mnemonic. Um, moving on to associated symptoms. Um, so. Um, if, chest pain, for instance, um, a cough, um, sputum, hemoptysis, um, and the timings um, of it, so uh, whether it's worth at night time, yeah. um, if it's um, better after walking around during the day, or if it's better from after, uh, after worse than being outside, um, worse with specific weathers, um, for instance, um, and then um, uh, severity, so um, is it impacting on their day-to-day -day living? Um, is it stopping them from doing what they would normally do, their activities of daily, daily living? How is it impacting on them? Yeah. Could they normally walk two yeah. miles with the dog and now can they only walk 20 yards? Yeah. Um, which is obviously significant. Absolutely. Uh, and then within that, we're, we're thinking, you know, patient may be telling us one thing, i.e. I'm short of breath, but we've got to think about these, these cardinal symptoms of the respiratory system. And these, this is a bit that, that takes you from the novice, you're becoming more experienced when you think, ah, I'm in this system, mm. the patient may be only telling me this so far, but I need to ask these other cardinal bits involved in order to get the full picture and start making my differential. Just to be certain, yeah. So I think after the patients, um, after you allow the patients to give you a, a good idea of, of why they've attended, so allowing them to talk for um, at least a few moments to be able to tell you exactly how they are feeling and what, mm -hmm. what um, um, time scale everything has, has happened within. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to then sort of hone it down to when you've come in with a cough, so let's think about all the other cardinal symptoms that go alongside a cough. So when we talk about um, cardinal symptoms, um, uh, it's a primary or major clinical sign um, symptom by which a diagnosis can be made. So um, uh, a cluster or, uh, of signs or symptoms are often combined um, to better diagnose a specific disease. Um, so for instance, somebody coming with um, uh, cough, we would want to ask around whether they had uh, any expectorant, so is there any sputum, mm -hmm. do you have any sputum coming up, um, uh, any hemoptysis, so any blood in your sputum, um, chest pain, um, any um, dyspnea, mm -hmm. any wheeze associated with that. Um, uh, and to get a time frame actually of when, when those symptoms appeared, because mm -hmm. it's quite important if you have chest pain and then you develop shortness of breath, then it opens up different differentials there mm -hmm. um, as well. And then the thing, you know, if you're bringing up sputum, so you already said, is there blood in it? Is, is it green? Is it, is it greeny, yellow and thick? Oh, okay. and yeah. Is it more frothy and clear? Uh, is it pink? I mean, there's all these, I mean, you can never hang your hat by it, but it gives you a certain idea. A better it? idea. So again, going back, so each of your symptoms that you find, you need to do the symptom to death. So you need to use a Socrates type yeah. approach for every symptom that you have to be sure that you're not missing any aspects of it. Yeah. So for instance, like you say about sputum, that 
you would say, oh, your symptom is sputum. When did the sputum start? Was it before or after your cough? Mm. Um, uh, or your shortness of breath? Mm. Um, what's the character of it? So we ask all the details. Sputum is not my favorite topic, I will say. <laughs> but we ask all the details. So tell me about the texture of the sputum. Tell me about quantity. Mm. Um, is it uh, a cupful, a teaspoonful? Mm. Um, are you producing it every time you cough? Mm. Is it only when you're lying down? Is it only when you get up in the morning? Mm. Um, and then we move on to things like color. So um, what color is the sputum? Mm. Um, is it a gray color? Is it green, yellow? Is it clear? Um, is it orange, rusty? All of which can mean different things in terms of what's yeah. the underlying, um, uh, whether it be bacteria that's causing it or underlying disease um, that's driving it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, working through a clear Socrates that each of your symptoms, do the symptom to death is the key thing here. <laughs> and then, yeah, you mentioned dyspnea or shortness of breath. I think that, I, yeah, you've already said about, you know, I used to be able to walk two miles, now I can't walk from one side of the room to the other. I think that's a, that's a good, uh, you know, see what the, the impact is on there. I, I always ask for shortness of breath as well, because shortness of breath can also be a cardiac problem as well as a primary respiratory problem. Yeah, there's problem. some overlapping of the cardinal symptoms, isn't there? So I, I, I ask, you know, do you uh, get shorter breath lying flat, which we'll call orthopnea, um, but that, that's a sign of congestive cardiac failure, mm. um, or do you um, wake up at night gasping for breath, which is PND or paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea, everyone's favourite. Yeah. But I think those are two that point more towards the cardiac, and, and you can ask the patient, oh, you know, I, I used to lie flat and now I need five pillows to stay during the night, yeah, or some patients will actually sleep in a chair mm. because their shortness of breath is so bad at night, and again, that's a good indication of a, of a worsening potentially cardiac, uh, congestive yeah, cardiac. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're sticking to a structure in terms of um, analysing that particular symptom, so using something like Socrates, and it will pull that out. So you're talking about your exacerbating uh, factors. So when I lie flat at night time, mm. I can't breathe. Mm. Um, and I jump up in the middle of the night because I'm gasping for breath. Mm. Um, it's something that you can draw upon using the Socrates to sort of guide you. Um, uh, yeah. Brilliant. And of course, you know, some, that, that variation through the day, so some asthma is worse at night, for example, um, and whereas COPD doesn't usually show that sort of variation, so that there's all useful bits and bobs. Yeah, again, that's sort of moving from the novice to the mm -hmm. expert. So um, there is some pattern recognition with your, um, with your um, uh, diagnoses or your presenting complaints. Um, so things like how asthma will present, mm. like you say, Jamie, it's um, worse at night time. Um, it um, is worse um, sort of as it gets a bit colder and a bit more rainy. Um, and um, recognising when patients are more poorly with their asthma. So yeah. tell me about your previous asthma. So what was your asthma like normally? Yeah. Um, and how would you manage it normally? Because typically patients don't come to hospital yeah. and don't really come to, to see anybody for their asthma because they manage it very well yeah. at home. So it's recognising the sort yeah. of flags within those two. And yeah, I, I find the inhaler use in asthma is very useful because a patient will say, oh, I usually only need to use my inhaler once a week, if that, whereas okay. I've used up my inhaler in two days. So I find inhaler use quite a, a, a good way of 
giving you an idea of a severity, even though I'm not a respiratory expert, the patient invariably isn't, but it gives me an idea. And if I speak to somebody who is a respiratory expert, they go, oh, okay, and it's, it's another good idea of the severity. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess um, just getting an idea of who, who looks after them. So mm. do they just see the other nurse once a year? Yeah. Um, or for instance, the COPD patient, are they under the COPD mention in the community? Do they mm. see somebody weekly? Because their chest is horribly yeah. bristle. <laughs> um, so bearing that in mind too, what is yeah. the baseline? Yeah. We, we talked about this in, in our COPD and asthma podcast, so if you have a patient who's needed to be on HDU or ITU, if they've got COPD or asthma, that gives us an indication that this is somebody who potentially can get knocked off very quickly when they come in with their shortness of breath. Yeah, I think it's helpful to have in mind um, the more common respiratory conditions. Mm. Um, I mean, it would be possible almost to know every <laughs> respiratory condition, um, working in the variety of areas that we all work within, um, but knowing the more common ones and knowing how those would classically present help you guide your history taking as well. So it's important to do some reading around those specific conditions too, um, to be able to help guide you and give you confidence in what you're asking patients and don't feel like you're just sort of reaching out in the dark <laughs> with your questions. Um, so then finally, just to wrap up, um, shall we talk then about the patients who first don't want to talk very much and then probably the patients who are talking probably too much um, managing those situations. So what about your, your patient who's a bit monosyllabic, a bit reticent, doesn't really want to be there and you're feeling like you're not getting very much from them? How can we encourage our patient to, to open up? So I think, I think we've probably all been there at some point when you say to the patient, so tell me what's been going on now. And they say, shrugging their shoulders, well I've just got a cough. Yeah. And you say, yes, oh, tell me about your cough. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, and one of my colleagues gives a good example of how to keep conversations going um, by repeating the last word that the patient says to you as a way of, of keep, keeping them talking. Um, so saying, oh, a cough, you say. And just leaving it blank, because actually that gets them to then open up. Um, but. I think it's important to then, once they are talking, don't cut them off because if you've taken that long to get them talking, yeah. let, let them speak for a short time. Um, there is a temptation to, to want to hurry things along and, mm. and sometimes by doing that you're actually missing some of the best information that you can get from the patient. Um, yeah. Less haste, more speed, <laughs> I think they say, don't they? Uh, and then what about the patient who you're trying to get this nice focused respiratory history and you feel like they're going off on a bit of a tangent and, and you're trying to keep control of the history, which again can be something we find a bit difficult sometimes. Yeah, what, so I think when do we start to need to swap to the closed, the closed questions yeah. rather than using? So an example of an open question is, so tell me about your cough. Mm. Tell me what's been happening. I mean, mm. it's so open that they can just talk and talk and talk if they choose to. Mm. Um, so tell me about your cough, tell me about your chest pain, tell me about your sputum. Um, uh, if you want to then close it down because you've kind of got a good idea of how this all started or that they are moving away from what you want them to speak well, then saying to them, I'm just going to bring you back because you mentioned about the sputum. So, how, how much sputum do you have? Mm. Um, and what colour is your sputum? And mm. how often are you coughing up your sputum? Um, a really close question that just gets to the point so you yeah. can have it clear in your mind what's going on. Mm. Um, I suppose <laughs> within, within that context, close questions can be quite helpful with stopping the patient from going off on a tangent and telling you all about 
their dog reverse <laughs> and what, what the dog did last week or the lovable cat um, all of which may be very helpful if it's an allergic reaction I suppose um, or if that's what's causing their asthma um, but um, not terribly helpful if you're trying to diagnose them for their chest yeah. pain so it's kind of um, politely finding ways um, to stop them essentially yeah. to, to, to draw them back in and to say oh, that, oh that's lovely I'm just going to bring you back to where you were telling me about your pain um, and, and sort of bringing them full circle. And, and most of the time they don't even realise that you're doing it because you do it very subtly and with practice and experience it becomes easier. Um, but sometimes, you, I think when you're a novice and when you're just starting to take medical histories, you, you don't want to be rude. Um, but that won't help the patient in the long run. So yeah. there, is a, there is a point where you need to say, I'm, I'm just going to stop you there and bring you back to what we were talking about before. I sort of just bring it back to me and go, I, I'm... I'm just wanting to make sure I'm not missing anything. So you mentioned you had pain. Could we please talk more about that, please? Because I don't want to yeah, miss anything. Yeah, really good way of, and, and, of, of and then it kind of makes you go back to me going, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I might be missing things and, and things like that. And then the patient goes, oh, okay, I'm going to help the, the, the doctor or ACP or whoever, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, anything else, Lucy? Um, no, I guess um, the only thing that I would say about um, close questions as well is being specific about things within the family history. So yeah. that's a, that is an open question, but you do need to close that down quite quickly. So just being, um, using your close questions within that, um, that particular area of your history as well to say specifically, are there any problems with the heart? Are there any problems with the lungs? Do you know if anybody has any problems with the kidneys? Does anyone suffer with diabetes? Um, it's a really sort of important closed question to use as well, just to be certain because sometimes they'll say no but then you prompt them and they say oh actually I forgot your yeah, mum had a stroke mm. um, and they sort of they tell you all about these things but only if you sort of give them the opportunity Absolutely. to um, so yeah that, that's, that's the end of uh, <laughs> respiratory history taking and then just to remember our surgical sieve as well so yeah um, another thing to sort of read, read around and to, to think about um, as you're moving from sort of novice to expert is thinking about um, organising your history and thinking about your differentials in a, in a, in a more um, structured way because um, sometimes you can come away thinking crikey there's, there's a lot to think about there and and to avoid missing anything or to avoid bias in some respects where you get fixated on one diagnosis and get a diagnostic closure to use a surgical sieve is a way of making sure that you are just being precise about what could be underlying this and how your differentials slot into that um, so one example of that is vitamin uh, C, D and E of which there are many um, so it's worth um, finding the one that you find easiest to follow um, uh, and familiarising with it and then seeing can I put a condition under these headings and, and working it out that way yeah brilliant thank you so much once again Lucy thank you Jamie uh, thank you very much yeah that was the taking respiratory history podcast um, as ever you can find the blog entry of this podcast at www.takeorally.com remember to subscribe to Take Orally on both SoundCloud and iTunes remember you can find Take Orally on both Twitter and Facebook for more information about research and educational opportunities within emergency medicine and acute medicine and major trauma don't forget to check out Inuit Stream on both Facebook and Twitter <laughs>